0: Good morning, good
1: morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Friday, May the 14th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, refulgence, which means a radiant, or resplendent quality or state brilliance refulgence hope everyone is enjoying their Friday It's the end of the work week time for the weekend well for some of us for some of us it's a continuation of the work week but for those that have the weekend off get out and enjoy it looks like the country is opening back up CDC announced yesterday they're relaxing Mask mandates for those that are fully vaccinated. However, you still have to wear a mask, or it's recommended highly that you wear a mask when you're on public transportation, or maybe even when you're in large gatherings, or what have you. But I think that's a sign in the right direction, or a step in the right direction shows we are improving. And also, the CDC announced yesterday, the uh, or a few days ago, I should say, the approval of uh, Pfizer to give vaccinations to those teenagers, Boy, were those those twelve to uh, eighteen, I believe, school age. Uh, that's a good thing. Hey, we finally got. We're finally working it out. Like I said, it looks like we're going in the right direction. Vaccinations are up. Countries opening back up, mask mandates are being really uh relaxed. So that's a plus. That's a huge plus. Does certainly show we're heading in the right direction, but however, it appears this gas, this gas shortage that honestly quite isn't this gas shortage is uh wow here in the southeast and North Carolina and, and, you know, what they're saying the entire southeast is experiencing a gas shortage because of that uh, hack by a a Russian I guess black market uh, uh, operative group has attacked the Colonial gas line they hacked in somehow some way it appears and as a result the company, uh, Colonial, had to switch over to manual pumping And it's really not a gas shortage. It's just that they slowed down production a little bit. They couldn't do it on the automated system, you know, whereas the computer would pump it out. So when it was hacked, they had to switch over to manual. If I can say that, I'm not sure how that quite works or if that's the correct wording for that. But um, that truthfully isn't a gas shortage. It's just coming out slow. I mean, for me, I would think a gas shortage means there is actually a shortage of gas. like there, There's close to none, but that's not the case. It's just slow production. And man, if you see the TVs, or as I drive down the roadway and I look over at gas stations, <laughs> either one or two things I see, I see either uh, either uh, bags on the pumps Signifying no gas, or the gas signs are turned off, or either I see long lines running out into the streets. And you know, something that also came out was that they're saying that uh, Colonial possibly paid those guys that hacked a ransom. You know, when most of these these uh, black operatives or black whatever you call them, these hackers, when they hack, they usually send out a, a ransom notice. So it looks like they're saying that uh, Colonial may have paid them a ransom For however many millions it was Well One thing that this exposes And and has always been a talk Is how vulnerable And susceptible We are To uh, Hacks Because everything is on a, a computer generated system Pretty much Hit a button and it starts pumping. You know, it exposes, of course, the gas, the power grid. And I I, I wonder, or I thought many people probably haven't uh, picked up on this. Our water system is also on, on maybe on, it's on that same link, you could say. Everything is controlled by a computer. So, what if they hack the water system and we can't get hold of access to water? Hmm. Now, just like I chuckle, but it is a serious thing because just like at the start of the pandemic, you remember when everyone was hoarding paper towels and toilet paper, and now we find out that there was a hack with the Colonial Pipeline that runs through a part runs through North Carolina. Actually, I think they're saying, and I didn't know this that there's a, a the pipeline runs through North Carolina. It runs through Selma. And that's where a lot of the tanker trucks get their uh, gas from in Selma, North Carolina, which is about 40, 45 minutes uh, outside of, well, just 40, 45 minutes from Raleigh. So, but like I was saying, it exposes. What if there was a hack on the water system? You know, everybody was hoarding paper towels. Now everybody's trying to hoard gas topping off. Can you imagine people hoarding water I mean, we already do that, you know, during natural, uh, natural disasters like your hurricanes or or whatever, snowstorms. But to think that there quite possibly could be uh, no access or readily access to water and see people walking around with all of this water out of fear does open your eyes. And, and also like I said they're hoarding, people are hoarding gas trying to top off the gas tanks uh, it's just a a, a a mad panic to me because like I said it's really not a gas shortage it's just that production was slowed down during that hack that's all and, I, and I'm not trying to downplay it it certainly can turn it into something serious but right now it's not people are just panicking You know, and I hope that's something that you know, like a Facebook meme or whatever I saw or or on Facebook. Of course, I've seen people uh, loading up the gas cans, some in water jugs, uh, other containers. But there was one that was floating around with a guy standing on the back of his pickup truck or trailer, attached trailer, uh, pumping gas into uh, one of those big water tanks. You know, the water tanks you use for pressure washing or those guys that do detailing to uh, vehicles. I hope that was just a meme. I I, I would hope <laughs> that no one would actually be at a gas station pumping gas into one of those big tanks. How selfish could that be? I mean, you, you have to take into account or at least I would hope people would think because there are a lot of small businesses that use just regular commercial gas stations. They don't have a fleet access, you know, like like your, uh, bigger companies that that transport they may have a certain gas station set up you know on the property or whatever even your emergency vehicles where you go and pump the gas fill up the vehicle then you go um there's a lot of small businesses that use commercial gas stations like you and i that they need that gas in order to keep that business going like your delivery workers or for small packages hell i believe even amazon and and some of the others use commercial gas stations. And you know, you got you, you got to think about the Uber and Lyft drivers. And there's a, even been some people that had dro- jobs I've seen on the news that couldn't make it to work the past two or three days because they didn't have any gas. The gas stations were emptied out, or so they say. I, I, I think a lot of times these gas stations, they turn those pumps off. Just for this reason. They keep people from coming and taking every single last drop that they have. And and also you got to remember a lot of these gas stations are independently owned. So when they put in a gas order and the gas comes, they have to pay for it. And if you think long and hard enough, not really long. But if you just think it's much easier for them to have a gas order to quite possibly top off their tanks or get it pretty near close to it. As opposed to having that gas company come and put gas into an empty tank. And then they have to pay. They pay independently. So think about that. Yeah. And I can't fault them for that. I would turn the gas pumps off too. Because imagine trying to get a, a gas shipment or pay for a gas shipment when your tanks are completely empty. As opposed to a half, a third, or a fourth, or whatever. And you're paying for it pretty much out of pocket. Yeah, so there, a lot of gas stations are turning, it, turning those pumps off. Can't blame them. But there, there really isn't a gas shortage. It's just slow. That's all. And like I said, this exposes us and exposes our weaknesses. Exposes our panic mode too. <laughs> i don't know if uh, people have seen in north carolina here in Nightdale north carolina the fight that broke out at the gas station between the man and the woman well she was trying to cut in line no one would let her in so she ends up trying to force her way in hits this guy's car gets out of her own personal vehicle to confront the guy goes up to the driver's side window while well, she's still on the cell phone by the way Gets there to the window, argues, screams, rants, and raves. And then she spits in the guy's face. How sickening is that? During the pandemic, spits in the guy's face. He gets out and turns, spits back on her. And they tussle. Rumble, rumble, whatever. Uh, It really wasn't that much. But uh, just selfishness and, and just thinking of yourself. You don't, I mean god knows how long those people were sitting in that line and then you come along because you feel as though you're somehow some way privileged or you're in a bad spot or whatever or what have you and you're going to bogard, like the old folks used to say Bogard your way into the line and then get out and spit on someone i guess you were justified because you had to get gas in your little car really and like I said it exposes our panic mode mentality as well as our selfishness I just you know sometimes like I always say I just don't understand people the things they do and the reasoning behind it and their justification for it I just don't I just don't understand some people sometimes but anyway like uh, Colonial said they'll be back online if not today or they may already be back online sometime this weekend and they'll be at some point in time pumping at full force I believe they said it may take a week or two to get things backing up and running to help people I guess once again fill up the tanks and another thing a lot of you don't fill up your tanks anyway why are you filling it up now panic mode panic 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 yeah alright let's move along Um, wow Liz Cheney Who's at, who was at one point in time the third ranked Republican in the party has been ousted by, from her position and she's been replaced with uh, Elise Stefanik now it doesn't mean that she's out of the, uh, the Senate but well, she, was, she had a position in, in, uh, in the party so they took that from her uh, quite soon she could possibly be voted out because there is an a, election coming up soon here, 2022, so she she quite pretty much may be gone, gone, gone. Now all of this is a, as a result of her ongoing feud with Donald Trump, to which she claimed that he was directly responsible for the attack on the capital. Capitol. We all remember that January sixth date date. And also his false claim, she said, of a rigged election. So she went head to head with Donald Trump and looks like she's out. She may be out. Of, yeah, she's already out of that position. She's no longer the number three Republican. She's gone. She's on her way out. Man. Now, it's kind of ironic to me. And I know a lot of people may not remember. But when Donald Trump first was seeking the nomination for the uh Republican Party and his presidential run, he made no bones about it, how he felt about Republicans that as he say, weren't staunch Republicans, weren't conservative enough, like uh, i.e. former President George Bush and Vice President Dick Cheney, who is Liz Cheney's father, by the way. He made no quarrels about it. He was not fans of those guys. He said they were directly responsible or could have been somewhat responsible. They're part of the reason that was wrong with the Republican Party. They lost their conservative way. They, As he called them, they were career politicians that only had their their best interests at heart. Profit makers. So maybe this is a little retribution because uh, George Bush and Dick Cheney, and along with a few other uh, old conservative Republicans didn't endorse them. They wanted no parts of them. Maybe it's a little bit of payback. I mean, it is. Wow. That's uh, quite surprising. She went heads up with him and it looks like she lost. because She's out of there. Now, let's move along here. It looks like the uh, Small Business Administration has reported they will run out of money on or about May 31st. This was revealed on May 4th. They came out with a report and said, hey, we're running out of money. Now, you may be saying to yourself, what does that have to do with anything? What has been termed as the government's key COVID relief program for small businesses, the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, they're saying has been exhausted. Now, these PPP loans were given to nearly 10.8 million. Gave out 10.8 million in loans which has a, a, a value of more than 780 billion since April 20, April of uh, 2020. Now that's known, but what's not known is will lawmakers approve another round of funding? More than half of the loans that were given out, and nearly a third of loan money was uh, just distributed this year alone. That included that second round of PPP loans also. And those loans are meant for those small businesses that are hard hit by the pandemic. However, the SBA, or Small Business Administration, in a statement stated it would continue to fund applications that have been approved. Also, new applications made through community financial institutions, which act as financial lenders, serving those underserved communities will continue to be funded through the expiration date which is May 31st of course and with all of that wow I gotta say wow Um, like I've always said and like we know these small businesses are going to need help not just to finish out this year but man years from now Covid is indeed that life-altering event that I always speak of, and if they're running out of money and 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 they don't get any help from the federal government, there's been a lot of small businesses that have gone under, It might be quite a few more. I mean, it kind of makes you think. Also, and I know this may be totally off topic, but you know, there's also there also was a report that was that was released that uh for those stimulus checks that that there was a lot of people that received stimulus checks that were still working and they're saying that may have been a a loss of money also it kind of makes you think if if just like i said before i I did a podcast on this if you were working did you really need a a, a stimulus checks or two or three stimulus checks i mean of course no one's going to turn away free money I mean, you you know, hey, yeah, if you've been working and working all these years and the government comes out and say, hey, I'm going to give you a stimulus. I mean, a lot of people aren't going to turn it down. Why would they? But one report, what they're saying is along now with these PPP loans that are running out, that a lot of that money from those stimulus checks, a lot of people were still working and may be considered a waste or somewhat of a waste. I mean, the money went back into the economy, which was, you know, they were just purchasing stuff. But I mean, like that, <laughs> run, <laughs> like the run on toilet paper. And now they on gas. So I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just sad to think that they're really running out of money. Cause I know a lot of people that have small businesses that are struggling. They're still pushing and persevering through, but man, if, if they need that, that, another loan and it's not there there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going to go under a lot of people's hopes and dreams are going to go under too so I I think uh, maybe they will get together at some point in time here soon because like they said the money's running out May 31st as of May 31st they won't have any money left so they're saying they're depleted completely so man wow that's that's, whew, boy, that, that's a hard pill to swallow and a hard bed to lay in. But uh, let's move along. I, I got a, a, a story. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this story. But man, uh, when I saw the article and I, I saw what was happening or what is happening now, I said I I thought I like I said, I knew of the story, but I hadn't really sat down and thought about it until I read this article Uh, here in North Carolina. There was a gentleman that was released from prison after spending 43 years, 10 months and 27 days in prison for a crime he did not commit. He's now residing in in Durham, North Carolina He's from Concord, North Carolina Concord, North Carolina Sits outside of Charlotte I don't know if you guys uh, know of the Charlotte Motor Speedway NASCAR But that's where Concord is Relatively small community But that's one of their uh, That may be their only claim to fame The Concord uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway Sorry Spoke out of stone Spoke, uh, Spoke out of term there Now, Ronnie Long is his name. Now, he gave a statement (laughs) a few months ago after receiving a $750,000 payout from the state of North Carolina, which was reparations for his wrongful conviction. Like I said, he spent 43 years, 10 months, and 27 days locked up while knowing full well he was innocent. Now in this statement he says and I quote Ain't no way in the hill that you put me in the penitentiary And tell me what I am worth Fair? What's fair? Ask yourself that question when these people took away your 20s Your 30s Your 40s Your 50s And they started in on your 60s End of quote now, by the way, his uh, time served is the third longest in U.S. history for exonerated defendants. So he he's, he's number three on the list for those that have been wrongfully and uh, wrongfully convicted and car- incarcerated for years, decades. Third longest sentence. Wow. Now at 65 years old, the former resident of Concord, North Carolina, is suing the city of Concord after serving 44 years almost of an 80-year prison sentence he received as a result of a 1976 rape conviction for a prominent widowed textile executive. Now the lawsuit was filed May 4th in Raleigh Federal Court And is demanding the city of Concord and its former and current officers pay for a corrupt investigation. And oh, indeed, it was corrupt. And we're going to get into that. Lord have mercy. What in? I mean, hey, we were in that point of time that that's just what they did now in September of last year after a federal appeals court citing the improper investigation and trial overturned his conviction and he was re-released and he was later pardoned by Governor Cooper and he received that $750,000 payment which he talked about in that statement when I started out emphatically about that payment now in the complaint He's naming four former Concord police detectives and accuse them of misrepresenting evidence to the jury and withholding key evidence that would have truthfully had the case thrown out, or it may may even have not even been brought to trial. That's the part for me. You came up with this evidence and you knew there was nothing leaking him to that crime, that should have never been bought to trial. Probably should have never even, well, never should have been arrested. Now, out of those four police officers, uh, two of them have passed on. And one couldn't be reached for comment. Didn't tell about the uh, the other one. Also named are two former Concord police chiefs. Now, one died in 2018. The current police chief, he's also named in the lawsuit, and 10 other unidentified defendants. Which is strange because this revelation of innocent caught the state's attention in 2015. So, what happened was in 2015, the state after they heard the, the heard the evidence or didn't see that uh, or it comes out they didn't see the evidence or they were uh, the state said to these to these uh, officials in Concord uh, hey turn over all the evidence you have that's after Mr. Long at that time was had served 30 years so in 2015 he was at 30 years in prison and almost 5 years later before his acquittal and release Now the evidence revealed (laughs) or what was left that the police collected 43 fingerprints samples from the rape scene but they never shared this with Long's attorney and by the way none none not even a partial of the prints belonged to Mr. Long semen samples taken from the victim were never disclosed and they later disappeared <laughs> now at the time of his arrest he was 20 years old 20 years old he spent his entire life locked up innocently locked up now and the victim as I stated was the widowed widow of a prominent textile executive for Cannon Mills which at the time was Concord's largest employer side note now there was an all white jury that was seated and three of the jury members were employees of Cannon Mills textile how did that happen they should have never even been on that jury and that leads also to what he's calling in the uh calling out in the lawsuit that they were selected from a tampered jury pool. This is how the Cabarrus County Sheriff, who's also named in the lawsuit, rightfully so, should be, and several other police chiefs and the detectives. Somehow or another, the uh, Cabarrus County Sheriff and the police chiefs' officers, the detectives, got together and, surprise, 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 they deleted... The names of undesirables from the list of prospective jurors. Lawsuit claims. So they got together. (laughs) They stacked a jury. All white jury. At that time, that was the time we were living in. There's no evidence. There's no mistake in that. It's known. It's a fact. That that theory for uh, black Americans of a jury of your peers wasn't so truthful. Because a lot of times though If not a lot Then all the time until there was some Serious reform The jury of your peers ended up being an all white jury Which of course You know hey How can that truthfully be a jury of your peers So that was that, that, That's how they sat the jury They, they Selected a, a, an all white jury And had three members of the jury That worked for Cannon Mills Absurd, just completely and utterly absurd. Now, all of this this screams of prosecutorial misconduct. This wasn't a case of uh, negligence or incompetence, but rather a deliberate and intention intentional reckless act, which is also stated in the lawsuit. The lawsuit says, "Hey, this was deliberate." Intentional and reckless Misconduct By the Concord Police Department And Sheriff's Department Now if you're saying to yourself (laughs) Poor guy He just got singled out He was in the wrong place At the wrong time Nope Lawsuit also says Uh Mr. Long, which this lawsuit is 88 pages, by the way, says the detectives had a history of ill will towards the Long family, his family, and he says he himself was oftentimes harassed. So they knew him. They knew him. So if you're just saying, oh, poor guy, he just got caught up. He was just singled out. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's a big no for me. It, it it is what it is. He was targeted. They they target him. They knew who he was. And a lot of times, like I say, these these officers in the city we call them community officers. I mean, they 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 you know at some point in time they used to walk the beat, walk the streets, and now they they drive around in the community or they sit on a corner or sit on the block. Their community police I'm not sure what they would call them around. I, mean, I guess they would call them community police even though it's in a rural area so they knew him they knew who he was didn't care for him and if you're saying well that's just what he says no that's not just what he says he's proving it here with how they convicted him on, on, on all these with all this bogus and hidden evidence they truthfully targeted this man and took away his life he received a sentence of two forty year life sentences that were supposed to be served back to back or concurrent he had already served uh, uh forty years he, he got out at forty three so he had did his first life sentence he, he's sixty what sixty five now he already completed that first life sentence so they were working on that second part of that life sentence the other forty years by the way if he had served all of those 80 years consecutively, he would have been 100 years old. Now, what in the world could he do at 100 years old if he was fortunate and blessed to still be alive? Luckily, he got out at 60-something. Completed the first 40 years. So, yeah, you you, you took his life. You took the guy's life, man. You really took the guy's life. And this payment, which I, I, I've always had a huge problem with, With states in this payment of what they call reparations or restitutions or whatever, however, they term it. Just like he said, how, what's fair? How is that fair that you give somebody $750,000 after you have purposely taken their life? He had already served those 40 years on that first life sentence. He was three years in when he got released. And all you give him is $750,000. And if you're saying to yourself, well, he should be glad he's fortunate enough to get anything. No, no, no. You took his life. Literally. Here's a case of, you can actually see That someone's life was taken away from them wrongfully. Two consecutive life terms of 40 years. Totaling 80. And he got out in 43. So he served his first life sentence. With an overage of three working into that. Other 40 year term. Which we would have had 37 years. He took his life. $750,000 $750,000 in my opinion and his and anyone that has any ounce of decency and common sense ain't no way in the world fair it's morally incomprehensible that you feel as though hey well, here's, here's a check for $750,000 we're sorry we made a huge mistake gee you think And another thing that I I would love to ask, and and I'm going to dig into this with the housing, clothing, feeding, medical, dental, vision, burial of innocent people that have been incarcerated. How much is that? Does that equate to what you figure the seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars is? I mean as a taxpayer, you gotta ask yourself, truthfully, is it worth it? Now what we found out over the years now, we know that a lot of these cases, in addition to the you know, African Americans or black Americans being singled out, we now we know that a lot of the underlying reasons were truthfully they were trying to calm the public's fears that there's some mad person out raping and killing people. Which, just like in this case, it was a rape case. So, you know, a lot of times they would rush and arrest anyone that had a record or anyone that was just walking around that looked or fit a profile and lock them up. But I got to ask, as a taxpayer, wouldn't it be more feasible economically if you spend all of those years incarcerating someone, wouldn't it be more feasible economically to make sure you lock up the right person? To make sure the right one is in there? Because the the, the flip side of that, with that rush or haste to arrest any, any old body, is you actually leave the true perpetrator out and about. Now, whoever committed this rape... Who knows how many more rapes that were done. And and I'm reminded of that story of that guy. I believe there was a gentleman in California that they found that they had named him. What was it? The Soho Rapist or something. I, I, I don't know. They end up finding him decades later. and could trace him back to multiple, multiple rapes. It, it it just blows my mind when I sit and think you spend all of this time housing, clothing, clothing, feeding, providing medical, vision, dental, etc., etc., to an innocent man, you bleed the taxpayers because taxpayers pays, pay for this. How do you feel as taxpayers? I don't find any joy or jubilation or feel any more safer because you locked someone up and it turns out 40 some odd years later he was innocent where's the true perpetrator? Are you, the guy's probably dead however I mean who knows however many more rapes he's done you know it's quite expensive to house inmates and it's gotta I gotta say it's gotta be even more if you think about it spent a lot of tax dollars housing this guy for 40 some odd years and he was innocent now in 2015 like I said the state came out and said hey turn over that evidence (laughs) and they couldn't produce a lot of it they said somehow some way it was lost it wasn't lost you threw it away you threw it away you threw it away He threw the evidence away. He threw out those semen samples. He didn't release to his own lawyer the fingerprint samples. He took 43 fingerprints. None of them, not even a partial, was his. Now, all of this just screams. And let's not forget the jury, how you did that. You deleted those that you knew. You you deleted those you knew weren't going to go for that crap. So you got rid of them. I forgot when, uh, at what point in time, when that prosecutorial and that jury tampering law came into place where they, they said, hey, you can't have an all white jury or it's like you know, for some cases they even said you couldn't have an all white jury you couldn't have an all male jury couldn't have an all female jury I'm not sure it may have been around that time or a little time thereafter but you know whatever the time it was when they came out with that jury tampering law that said it was unconstitutional and illegal it took some time for it to trickle down maybe it it, it was sometime in the 70s I believe I'm not sure now all of this screams of course of, of jury tampering and it's all a big bowl of prosecutorial misconduct all nice and warmed over now i got to say <laughs> with these new revelations gee city of concord how do you feel those taxpayers in concourse. That's what I, I'm trying to figure out. As a taxpayer, you, you're thinking at the time, hey, we got the guy, whatever, whatever, and then, then years later, you find you, you had the wrong guy. And you, not only do you find out you locked up an innocent man, you find out they fabricated, withheld, and just flat out lied to lock this guy up because they didn't like him. It's not a myth. It's not him being petty you can tell that he was targeted by how you handled the evidence, how you selected that jury, how you hid destroyed and threw away evidence because in 2015 when that judge came forward in that appeals court and said hey turn over that evidence you couldn't produce all of it but you had on record that you had them locked up That because of the evidence that you collected that evidence wasn't lost it was thrown away Shoulda never even been arrested. Shoulda never even been bought the trial. Fingerprints didn't match up. Semen samples didn't match up. It was nowhere near it. Community police just knew him. Wanted to get rid of him. Hey, perhaps they were tired of him. They got tired of harassing him. Ah, oh, he's boring. Let's move on to. Let's lock him up and move on to the next one. Whether you you, you, you uh, subscribe to that belief of, of at that point in time, sounds like they were just hunting. It does. And it's been proven that's what a lot of time law enforcement officials did during that time. I mean, look at this case. And, and you know, hey, it's still going on. It, it hasn't changed. Look at the case in Raleigh that I talked about. That confidential informant aspirins that was getting people jammed up off of brown sugar that he was saying was heroin. Detectives knew it was heroin, and they still locked people up. So this isn't over, it hasn't stopped, it still continues. To think that an innocent man who was locked up at 20 years old served 43 years on an 80 year double life sentence. And all you can say is I'm sorry we made a mistake. And that is supposed to make him feel all better. It's supposed to take away all his troubles and woes. Except our apology. Like I said, I've always had a problem with that payment. And that's just for every state. How do you... That's like he said. How do you tell him he's worth seven... Or his life is worth $750,000 after he served 43 years? And how does any state determine, I, I would like to know how do they determine that that's a, that's a worthy, worthy compre- compensation, $750,000 after you took this gentleman's life, served 43 years. You may say, why do you keep saying 40? 43 years is a long time to be locked up in your innocence, especially when you're locked up at 20 years of age and you're just sitting in prison. Nobody's listening to you. You know you're innocent. Hell, the ones that locked you up know you're innocent. But nobody's doing or saying anything. They're just going on with their old life. So he's suing the city of Concord. Rightfully so. He should sue. He should sue every single last one of them. But the thing that I'm questioning is, what happened in 2015? Because he's naming the new officers or new police chiefs or whatever. What happened in 2015? 2015. Probably that evidence gathering. Hey, guilty by association. Dude, that's what you lock people, innocent of you, uh, you lock it, people up for. Hey, guilty by association. That's what happened. Nobody could produce the full evidence that they had on record that they had collected and convicted him with. Because it was fabricated, it was all lies. Bottom line, it was all lies and (laughs) wow just wow and like I asked you as a taxpayer how do you feel uh, to me that's a big waste of money a taxpayer's money to know that you locked up an innocent man so that hey that money could have went somewhere else you know we, we live in a day and age where you hear these states say Oh, we're struggling financially. Our infrastructure is is broken. We got to build schools. We don't have enough money for that. Our infrastructure is being roadways. We need new development. Yada, 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 yada. Hey, newsflash. Maybe you would have a little extra if you wouldn't lock up innocent people. And have the house clothed, feed, provide medical, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you could take that and put it elsewhere. And then in addition, after you lock them up for however many years, decades, or almost a century, you gotta pay out some more money. There's your infrastructure payment right there. You're locking up, locked up innocent people. Continue to lock up innocent people. Because they find they 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 found out that there's a lot here recent, and this isn't these 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 cases that are coming out just like with the brothers down in Red Springs that they convicted uh, of a rape also that now they know they were mentally incompetent. These aren't just random sporadic cases. Oh, it's coming. There's a whole lot more. Yeah, there's a whole lot more. There, it just is, because this was open season, honey. You were hunting. You were hunting people. Hey, you just were. It's been proven. It's coming. It's coming back to light. What's done in the dark always come to the comes to the light. And here it is. So those payments made by states after they've uh, uh, wrongfully convicted someone as res- reparations. There's your infrastructure right there. There's your funding for those schools and those roads and those revitalization projects. There's your money. Hell, at least $750,000 worth. That could go, I know, good ways for certain programs. That's only $750,000 to one man or $750,000 to two others that we know about. There's been countless others and there will be, continue to be countless others. So I ask you once again, you as a taxpayer, how safe do you feel? How well do you feel your government has first protected you or has invested in you? There's a lot of wasted money with this, 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 this prison thing. We lock up innocent people. Think about it. These are innocent people you locked up for decades. Pay it. taxpayers. You've been paying. You pay for them to lock some someone innocent up. Then they turn around and have to release them. and You got to pay again. What is that, $750,000 just floating around in thin air? Came from somewhere. Came for you, Mr. and Mrs. Joe, taxpayer. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) like I said, Mr. Long is suing. Rightfully so. Yeah, he should sue. He should sue everybody he can think of. Sue that police chief, former sue the current police chief sue the current sheriff former sheriff and hey maybe if you start locking these law enforcement officials up and let their families worry about them and have to go and visit them I don't care about your age a lot of them, the former ones are probably up in age probably uh, older than him or right at his age let your family have to go and visit you in a penitentiary maybe you're up just maybe you're tightened up and he should sue sue, him. sue everybody hell sue the janitor to clean the bathrooms to clean the bathrooms in the police station sue them too sue any and everybody get this is a, get their attention dip into those pockets, pay up $750,000 ain't I'm not saying it's not nothing but when you take someone's life like that it's not innocently it's unlawful, when you unlawfully take someone's life like this $750,000 ain't hitting on nothing, ain't hitting on too much it's like you threw him a penny and said hey It's all your worth And you know we always hear people when they get out And they say oh, I want to thank the Lord I want to thank the Lord It's a blessing that, that I'm out Rightfully so you should thank the Lord It is a blessing that you're out It's a blessing that someone finally heard your plea Not just your case but heard your plea And looked over your evidence But I love Mr. Long's statement You can tell it's heartfelt. You can tell he means every single last word of it. What's fair? I dare you. $750,000. That's all my life is worth. After you took 43 years from me. And you were getting ready to get. (laughs) Getting ready to get another 30 some odd years. Because you had to serve those two. uh, That that, those two life sentences. 40 years got in that fourth that first one he's at 43 so that was what 37 more years he had to pull <laughs> yeah i love his statement man hey he ain't lying he has every right to be pissed every right this has to stop it just has to there's no way around it it has to This is ridiculous. This is costly. Not the immorality of it, but it's costly. It's just costly. Well, I'm going to get out of here. I've spoken enough this morning. I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I'm going to attach a voice response to the end of this podcast of a a, a supporter that left a statement. So listen for that. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. Hey, I'm pretty thick skin. I'm fine. You, you really can't insult me any more than I already have been. Now, you can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Pocketcast, Radio, Public, Verbal, WordPress. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought.
0: A. Hey, yo, son, you was talking about some real stuff, dog. You went in hard talking about DMX and talking about the, you know, talking about the um, different things, different views that people had about DMX and everything. Then, you know what I'm saying, about people quoting the Bible and, you know what I'm saying, calling them Bible thumpers and all that stuff. You went in real hard with that, bro. Dude, you're doing a really, a really good Deeds, you know what I'm saying. You're doing a really good thing, you know what I'm saying. I mean, in all honestly, bro, you're getting smarter, really. You honestly getting smarter, you know what I'm saying. It's all good. It's it's a it's a good thing, you know what I'm saying. Your podcast is, is blowing up, bro. You know what I'm saying. You're doing good things. You're making it happen. You know what I'm saying. You talked about some real stuff. You know what I'm saying. You even talked about stuff that even make make me think. You know what I'm saying. I mean, um, do but uh. You know?